0: Om Om now Babatu Saha now Bunaktu Saha we Vishava Om shanti Shanti, Shanti. Welcome everyone to today's class. Class number 36. Chapter 3, Bhagavad Gita, Yoga of Action. Krishna makes an intellectual appeal to Arjuna to act. He explains, Sajjana, why action is inevitable because of our vastness. Our vasanas compels us to act. Therefore, he must also act. He must fight the battle. As we've said many a times, the chronology of action is vasanas, which you're born with, leads to thoughts, leads to desires and then leads to action. This is how all of us behave. So, in life, we have to act. We have no choice because of our vasanas. And if you don't act, then you fade away. See a person sitting at home doing nothing. Vasanas are in his mind, but he doesn't act. Slowly, slowly, he devolves. Everyone understand that, yeah? We have to act, otherwise there's problems. So when we have a, a vasna, which becomes a thought, a desire, and we have to act on that desire, we're compelled to act, we have two options. We can either perform, perform the action with ego, egocentric desire. What can I get from this? How can I benefit from from this action? That's one way of acting. When you act in this way, you increase further desires. Or you can act with the mind on a higher thought, a higher ideal. How can I serve through this action? How can I benefit others through this action? How can I develop spiritually? How can I reach self realization? If you perform the action in this way, you reduce your desires. Simple as that selfish, unselfish. Does that make sense? Yeah. While I'm taking this class, my thoughts could be how can I increase these? class members we have 20 to 30 members how can i increase that when can i get a youtube channel and get thousands of subscribers when can i be famous make money from this knowledge from these classes if i start thinking in this way it increases my desires as i've just explained my desires are increasing it takes me away from this goal of spiritual development Or I can say, taking these classes is my obligatory duty. I need to perform this action so that others can benefit from this ancient spiritual knowledge. How can I best serve them? With this attitude, I do not generate more vastness. This is the path to self-realization through action. This is karma yoga, which this chapter is talking about. Does that make it clear? Ravi makes it clear? Selfish, unselfish. Where is your mind? Where are your thoughts while you perform the action? Is it on selfishness? What can I get? Or is it on how can I serve? That differentiates that action as karma yoga or selfish action. Any questions? So many ways of explaining the same thing. And Krishna does this because he understands that we have, it's difficult for us to understand. There's so much in the world. There's so much in the world. Our minds goes to the world so much, our desires, it's so difficult to take it away from that. That's why sick. Four chapters is explaining the same thing even today we're going to be covering the same thing what is karma yoga so by the time we get finished chapter six ask anyone what is karma yoga you'll to tell them exactly what it is how to how to perform that action so we'll start with verse 14 and 15. These verses are both taken at the same time. And we'll chant 14 and 15 together. (laughs) Anad pavanti bhutani parjanyadanasambhavah yajnat pavati parjanyo yajnakarmasamudhavah karma brahmotpavam viddi brahmaksar samutpavam tasmaat sauvagatam brahma nityam yajne prastitam anadpavanti putani parjanyatan yajnat pavati purgen yo karma kermasamud purva kerma brahmod viti Brahmak sarasamud purvam brahma nityam yajne pratish From food, come forth beings. From rain, food is produced. From yajna, sacrifice arises rain, and yajna sacrifice is born of action. Know that action arises from Brahma, and Brahma arises from the imperishable. Therefore, The all pervading Brahman ever rests in Yajna. Now, it sounds cryptic. If you don't understand it, I don't blame you. It takes a lot of analyzing to understand what this means. And that's why this is the instance where past knowledge, past classes helps. You know, if you come to Vedanta for the first time and we suddenly give you. Chant, start chanting these verses you, it goes over your head but you're all ready to understand this because you've been coming to so many classes you will have enough knowledge to understand this once, we, once I explain it any idea what is this verse is saying anyone has some idea so yajna sacrifice which is what we've been covering how to perform action with your mind on a higher ideal. This is explained through a metaphor from agriculture. We're, trying, we're explaining what yagna sacrifice is using agriculture as a metaphor. India was primarily an agricultural country, so therefore this metaphor would be understood by many people in India because of the farming nature. Hence this metaphor. Now, stop me if you don't understand anything. Yeah, it's saying yagna is a worldly activity. Yeah, we perform yagna in the world, which comes from Lord Brahma. I'll explain what what the um, why Lord Brahma comes in this. Lord Brahma, the creator. Lord Brahma is the manifest, meaning we see a, we can see a picture of Lord Brahma. We can see a murti of Lord Brahma. So Brahma is the manifest. Where does Lord Brahma come from? Where does Lord Brahma come from? Who is Lord Brahma? Any idea? Shilapen, who is Lord Brahma?
1: Uh, Brahma is this universe. universe. Everything is Brahma.
0: Okay. Vanita, Lord Brahma, thank you, Sheila. You're right.
2: If he's the creator, creator, then I suppose, is it saying that he's in you, so you are creating that? Is that, is that what you're trying to say? Um,
0: not quite. So what we're saying here is that Lord Brahma comes forth From Brahman, Brahma is creator, as Shilabhin said, but everything is Brahman. Brahma has been given to us, Lord Brahma, as the manifest someone we can relate to, Brahman we cannot relate to. It's unmanifest, it's beyond this world. We can't even think about Brahman. With Lord Brahma, we can. Oh, he's the creator. See, Shilabhin said straight away, he's the creator. So this verse is saying, out of Brahman arose Brahma. There is no such thing. It's just explained to a layman what this verse means. Brahman created Lord Brahma, whom we regard as the creator. Remember the trilogy. Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesha. Creator, maintainer, destroyer. These three are powers of Brahman. But because we can't relate to Brahman, they give us manifest gods. Someone we can relate to. Someone we can see. Brahma created the world. Vishnu maintains this world. Shiva, Mahesha, destroyer of the world. We can relate to it now. But this is why these gods were given. So this verse is saying, Brahman created Lord Brahma, whom we regard as the creator. Then out of Brahma, the creator, came all that is in the world. As Shilavan said, this world is Brahma. All that is in the world came from Brahma, including us humans. Yeah. Everyone read me so far? Yeah, not your head, people with the video on, if you understand. Thank you. Okay. So humans were created with vasanas, action. Yes, we were created with vasanas, action. And out of the action came selfless action. It's all dramatized to explain. See, if you are someone in the village, you don't know this subject and somebody wanted to explain to you and they are farming community, then they would explain it this way. Humans were created with vasanas, action. Out of action came selfless action. Any questions? Okay, we'll carry on. So, it is believed and practiced even today that when there is a drought, they perform the ritual of fire worship. They do a yajna. And they believe by performing this ritual comes rain. This is what they do in the villages. They do a ritual, yajna sacrifice, fire worship. Please, God, make it rain so my crops will grow. We have a good crop. It hasn't rained for a week. Please let it rain. So they do this um, ritual. Rain produces food. Food maintains life. Water, food, maintains life. So what they're saying is, therefore... Acting based on yagna fire, worship, creates the men, right mental climate of rain, essential for material prosperity, food, for the stomach, sense organs. Where there is plenty of agriculture and manufacturing, there is plenty of life. Yeah, it's quite straightforward. They do a yagnya sacrifice, creates rain, creates food. We eat this food, maintains life. Simple as that. We all understand that metaphor? Yajna sacrifice, ritual, creates rain, creates food, water. We eat, drink, creates life. Simple as that. And if, every, and if everyone works in that way, everyone flourishes. So similarly, out of the creator came humans and vastnas. Out of vasanas came action. When everyone works in the spirit of sacrifice, unselfishness, selfless actions, this then develops the right attitude in society, in your family, in your company, business, in your country, there's prosperity. If everyone acts in this way, there's prosperity in our life. This is what it's trying to say. It's a metaphor between the two. It'll we'll become more clear as we as we finish and we as I finish explaining and we read the um, translation. From rain comes food. From food comes forth being. From being comes yajna sacrifice. From yajna sacrifice comes rain. It's a circle. Similarly, humans plus vastnas come from Brahma, Brahman. If humans practice yajna sacrifice, right action, then they reduce their vasanas, they go back to Brahman. Therefore, from Brahman comes all living beings in this world. Don't worry too much if you don't understand it. It's just, they're just explaining yajna sacrifice from another perspective. Any questions on that metaphor? Does anyone not understand it? Or does it want, the, put your, if everyone understands it, put your hands up. If not, we'll, we can um, just go over again. Damesh, not understand it? Oh, you understand it, Hema? You understand it? Yeah, because you're reading it, Hema. You had to understand it to read it. Arunaben? 50-50? Okay. So, through yajna sacrifice, we can get back to Brahman. Only humans can reach the state of Brahman, no other animals. And only through yajna activities can one reach Brahman. So, We are all human beings, we're all gaining this knowledge. It's a privilege to be born a human being. It's a privilege to gain this knowledge. If you still don't do anything in your life, it's a missed, wasted opportunity. This is what they're saying, it's a wasted opportunity. What's the point of being a human being? if you're not going to do what you ought to do as a human. You're wasting your life. So therefore, the all-pervading Brahman, God, rests in yajna. Rests in yajna. Only through yajna sacrifice, you can reduce your vastness. Only by reducing your vasanas, you reach self-realization. So therefore, where does Brahman lay? How do you get to Brahman? What do you have to do? Anybody? What do you have to perform?
2: Perform self-sacrifice.
0: yajna sacrifice. Your actions dedicated to higher ideal. You're now sacrificing every action that you have in this world. Doesn't mean you have to change what you're doing. Carry on doing what you're doing. But turn your actions into unselfishness. Turn your actions into how can I serve rather than what can I gain? You will automatically gain when you act this way. Trust me. You'll gain more than you would gain if you acted selfishly. You have to take my word for that. Practice it and you'll see. The minute you think of others rather than yourself, you gain.
1: So it's action of thought. Uh,
0: So your action can remain the same. You're cooking a meal, Shilabin. It is something you have to do. The thought has come, okay, I'm gonna make this meal. Yeah. And you're acting. There's two ways you can, and you'd be cooking the same meal, two ways you can think. I'm always cooking. These people, they never appreciate it. Yeah, no one cooks for me. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. This is such a burden on me. Or the thought can be, how can I best make the best meal I can for my family? Yes, they rely on me to cook for them. Let me try and make the best meal I can for them. Action is the same. You're cooking a meal, isn't it? The result is you're cooking a meal, they're eating it. but your thoughts are different behind the action. One increases your desires, one reduces your desires. One is selfishness, one is unselfishness. I'm going to work, I'm working for this company. They don't recognize my my work. I get no promotion. Your thoughts can be negative towards the company, or they've employed me, they're paying me every month a salary, how best can I serve my company? Action is the same. That's the difference. You don't have to change your actions. You have to change your thoughts behind that action. That's all. No one is asking you to climb the Himalayas. Continue doing what you're doing change your thoughts behind the action. And that will create happiness within you. Only people around you will appreciate it, but within yourself, it'll create happiness. Does that make sense, Shalom? So whatever you're doing, now you're converting it to yajna sacrifice. You're cooking that meal with the unselfish thoughts, it's now converted into yajna sacrifice, something to a higher ideal. Serve my family. Any other questions? Good question. Okay, Hema.
3: These two verses use a metaphor drawn from agriculture to explain the process of yajna, sacrifice. It compares the ritual of fire worship with selfless dedicated activities. These verses have a deep philosophical message concealed in their words. Brahman is the supreme reality. Brahman is all-pervading. Everything terrestrial and transcendental is nothing but Brahman. Out of this infinite Brahman arises Lord Brahma, the Creator. From Lord Brahma spring forth all terrestrial activities. Yajna, the ritual of fire worship, is one of these terrestrial activities arising from Lord Brahma. From the rituals comes rain. This is a belief prevailing in India even today. Rituals of fire worship are elaborately performed to invoke the rain god at the time of drought. Large numbers of devotees from all over the country participate in it. They are convinced of the validity of the ritual as they claim that some rain always falls at the conclusion of the yagna. Continuing the metaphor, rain produces food. Out of food come forth living beings and life. This metaphor contains the most valuable technique of action for people to apply in their lives. Brahman is the supreme, unmanifest being. Out of Brahman arises the manifest being, Brahma, the creator. From the creator flows actions. Out of all types of actions emerge selfless actions dedicated to a higher altar. Such sacrificial actions are termed yajna. When people perform yogna activities, they create the right mental climate, rain, essential even for production of material goods, food. Effective production requires a conducive atmosphere among the workers. The products of yogna are referred to as food in the metaphor. Food not only for the stomach, but for all the sense organs as well. Where agriculture and manufactured products abound, there exist living beings, an exuberance of life. Therefore, Brahman, the all-pervading reality, emerges in the end as the multitude of beings, of all living beings, the human being alone is capable of regaining the state of Brahman, but he can do so only through yajna activities. As the Lord pronounced in verses 10 and 11, hence yajna is declared as the pivot, balancing the unmanifest and manifest Brahman, the all-pervading Brahman rests in yajna.
0: Thank you, Emma. Well read. Any questions? I think I explained it in that way, didn't I, Benita? Did I explain it correctly in that way as Emma read it? Yeah? Okay. Sil, do you have a question? Can
1: I just recap yeah. on, on what you said? and what what him has just read
0: hmm. so can everyone hear that, by the way
1: yeah. um brahman created lord brahma mm-hmm. lord brahma created us mm-hmm. that's why we as human beings say we are brahman because We came from the creator that was created by Brahman Mm -hmm. and our role is to get back to that Brahman that created us and the way of doing that in simple forms is reducing our vasanas through unselfish action.
0: Yeah, which is termed as a sacrifice. Yeah. And Lord Brahma is only brought in here because it's a matter metaf- it's because they're talking to people who don't have maybe a lot of this knowledge, but they know Lord Brahma. They don't know who Brahman might be. So they, they brought in Lord Brahma for the normal people to understand what we're talking about. We understand Lord Brahman. We understand Brahman. So for us, it doesn't matter. We've been talking about Brahman for how many classes. So, did that make more sense, what Sittil just said? Yeah? Did that that help? Okay. Verse 16. (laughs) Evam pravatitam chakram. Na nuva tayati haiya ha ramo Evam pravatitam chakram Na nuva agayurindriya ramo he who does not follow here the wheel, thus set in motion, living in sin and rejoicing in the senses, he lives in vain. O oh, Partha. Partha is another name for Arjuna. What does this verse say? Is saying. He who does not follow here the wheel. So, what this verse is saying is while acting in this world, performing yajna in our daily life, which is what we said unselfish thoughts, this is the correct way to live. And if you continue on that path, It allows you to progress in life. You gain peace, happiness, bliss, perfect life. If you act in this way. Only humans have a choice of action. No other animals. So it's up to you. But if one does not follow this wheel of progress, they will suffer and go through sorrow. They live a simple life, they're wasting their life. This is what they're saying here. Person who follows this way of acting progresses, peace and happiness. But one who doesn't, they're wasting their life. What is this wheel? Anyone? What is the wheel we're talking about here? What is this wheel?
4: Is it birth and death?
0: Birth and death? No, it's referring to the last verse, by the way. Last two verses.
4: So acting in self-sacrifice, that's the wheel.
0: The wheel is, as we covered in the last verse just now, Brahman, Brahma, action, Yajnaya, rain, food, being. That's the wheel, yes? Or, Brahman, Brahma, action. yagnia, Brahman. So the first wheel was the metaphor for food. Second metaphor was what we ought to do. Come from Brahman. Brahman created Brahma, created action, humans. We create, we perform yajna, we go back to Brahman. This is the wheel. If we follow this wheel, we prosper. If we don't, we're wasting our life. We'll have to wait next life if we come back as a human being. Hopefully, you'll have more brains to to do this. This is what they're saying. So, a person who's purely indulging, indiscriminately in the senses. They have no control. Does not understand. In the long run it will lead to sorrow. They will suffer. See, we as humans we're controlled by our senses. Why that we control by our senses in this world? Instant pleasure. We want instant pleasure. You want instant happiness, instant peace. You do everything for instant happiness. You go to see a movie, we enjoy. Go to a restaurant, we enjoy. All of our sense contacts, we enjoy. Nothing wrong with this, by the way. But when you indulge in these activities and you have no self control, what they're saying here is that this will not bring you peace and happiness. It's temporary happiness. In the long run, it'll only bring you sorrow. Why will it bring you sorrow? Why will it bring you sorrow? Yeah, Dharmesh. It's only temporary happiness. Yeah. It only exists for a bit, and then you want more. And then you, you're in pain because you want more. Exactly. Because, anybody else want to have a crack at it? Yeah, Vanita?
2: Because that happiness lies in sense objects and those the ones that keep you drawn to the world. Yeah.
0: Because it, the, the desires keeps increasing. That way of living keeps increasing your desires. You get neutralized to the experience. I've been traveling business class all this time. I've had enough. Now I need to go first class. You get neutralized. We're eating at this restaurant so long. It's the best restaurant in the country. Get neutralized. So you get agitations again. But when you act on the principle of service and sacrifice, yajna, initially it might feel unpleasant. But in the long run, it leads to peace and prosperity. Why does it bring you peace and happiness? Yeah, very much. You're reducing your desires, mm-hmm. an outcome. Just complete. the So, what does desires cause you? Agitation, mental agitations. So, when you're reducing your desires, you're reducing your agitations. What is peace and happiness? No agitations. It's quite simple. When you're not agitated, you're peaceful, calm, and happy. When you're agitated, you're miserable.
5: It's quite straightforward. As you reduce your desires, you're less agitated. Your mind is at peace. If you're peaceful, then you're happy, content.
0: Because we don't understand it, that's why we behave in this way. But now... You're gaining this knowledge for these classes. You've got no excuse. Only you're to blame. You have agitations? Don't blame anyone else but yourself. Because <laughs> you have the knowledge now. You
5: understand. So why do people not follow this path? Anyone? Yep. Lack of knowledge.
0: Lack of knowledge. Ignorance. You want instant pleasures. Lack of knowledge.
5: The Swamiji gives an example. You have a three-year-old. In one hand, you
0: hold a 50-pound note. And the other hand, you hold a lollipop. And you offer it to this three-year-old child. Lollipop in one hand, 50-pound note in the other. What will the child choose?
5: Lollipop. Lollipop. Yeah. The child will always choose the lollipop. The child does not know the value of 50 pound note. They don't know that you can buy a hundred lollipops
0: with that 50 pound note. Okay. The child wants instant pleasure. Take the lollipop, put it in my mouth. Instant pleasure. Due to the child's ignorance. Now, if I offer this to you, would you choose 50 pounds or the
5: lollipop? When did I you choose?
2: 50 pounds. 50 pounds, why? Because I can buy what I want with that. Um,
0: You know the value of 50 pounds, isn't it? You know the value of a lollipop, you know the value of a 50 pound note, don't you? Similarly, a person does not the value of acting in the spirit of service and sacrifice. Is ignorant. They only know about immediate pleasure, fulfilling the sense, senses. They pick lollipops in their life rather than the 50 pounds. This is how everyone's behaving. they pick picking lollipops. They don't know the value of unveiling the self within. They don't know the value of unveiling the kingdom of heaven within.
5: Jesus Christ said, the kingdom of heaven is within you.
0: But the wise understand this and follow the right path. Same thing. This is what we're doing. We're choosing lollipops every time.
5: If anything, you had a question.
2: So we're choosing lollipops because we've got all these vasanas that we're born with and that's the reason why we choose the short route all the time
0: it's or is it ignorance because of... it's because of ignorance
2: but we're born with the ignorance because of our vasanas
0: um yeah you're born in ignorance absolutely
2: yeah is it because of the vasanas or are you just born in ignorance because brahman says you need to learn <laughs> <laughs>
0: because of our vasanas the are worldly vasanas of the vastness, we don't we don't understand anything else we don't understand anything beyond this world mind desires vastness keeps us stuck in the world
2: so we're born ignorant in the beginning yeah. yeah not out of choice we're just made like that past karma okay so can people be born without ignorance then
0: so next birth let's say you've been taking this knowledge you've finished 18 chapters with mm-hmm. in this class and you have this knowledge and understanding, and you're working towards your path. Now, next life, what will you be born with?
2: I suppose different type of vasanas.
0: Cause and effect,
2: what will you be born with? With less ignorance. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So you need less lollipops, basically. Yeah. You'll be be thinking
0: about beyond the world. What is this beyond this world? You know, you'll understand a lot of this knowledge when you're born simply because of your past actions. You have been. You take that with you to the next life. Your knowledge and your ignorance you take with you.
2: So you have to take some of this ignorance with you in your next life as well. If, Unless you reach
0: self-realization. <laughs> if you reach 90%, you still got 10% ignorance now. You have to take it with you. Yeah. You still got 10% ignorance.
2: And that would be based on the vastness you couldn't fulfill in this Vessel as your body or
0: your vāsanas you couldn't
2: eradicate. Okay. Whichever way you
0: look at it.
5: Okay.
0: Yeah. By fulfilling it or by exhausting it or by knowledge, you're not able to. Re- so therefore, you're born. If you reduce, unless if you eradicate all your vāsanas, you're self-realized. Why would you be born again? You got no vāsanas to propel your next birth.
5: Correct. It's like maths: positive bank balance, negative bank balance. So we're all choosing lollipops rather than fifty-pound note because of ignorance. But none of you will be doing that anymore, so because you now have knowledge, the wise understand this and follow the right path. What's what eradicates ignorance? Knowledge. Any questions? Yeah. So
2: performing yajna then eradicates some of your vasanas if you are a karma yogi, because you don't have the knowledge to understand. So you have to perform by physical action
0: absolutely because
2: that's the only way you understand sacrifice in eradicating something even if you don't understand what you're eradicating it's an action that you're performing in yajna and as a collective if you all do it it's almost like you're all praying for the same thing which must be stronger regardless of what the outcome is is that what you're saying basically
0: absolutely as a karma yogi, you don't have much knowledge, you don't have much devotion, but you're acting. You're a karma yogi, a man of action. Arjuna is a man of action. You may say, Krishna, I don't know what you're talking about, this knowledge. You know, what's this Brahman and I must get this knowledge. Just tell me what to do. So Krishna is telling Arjuna, just go and fight the war for something higher. Not for yourself, not for your family. Fight for Hastinapur. Liberate Hastinapur from this evil that Duryodhana is giving out there. So fight for that. That's karma yoga.
2: And when you say Brahma, you're then saying to a, a karma yogi, this is a tool to get to understand what Brahma is. Yeah. Because you're then working towards something, because as a karma yogi, you have to still have something to that's believe. Right. in, And that's why Brahma is there.
0: Brahma is there because the person cannot
2: identify Brahman. Because it's further too further away too from him, yeah. absolutely. There has to be a deity or something to work absolutely. towards. Okay. Absolutely, he needs to be able to see. What form. he's working towards, yeah, yeah like form. in yeah, form. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Brahman is formless, he not be able to
0: identify, but Brahma has got a form.
2: Well, like like the the fire, there's a yes. form, isn't it? So you're working towards something. Okay.
0: Absolutely. That's the difference. Until you reach that higher level, you need a form. Good question. Anybody else? Any question? Yeah. See, we're all getting there slowly, asking the right questions.
5: Still, so, you okay with that? Yeah. I don't know, ben.
4: He who does not follow here the wheels thus set in motion, living in sin and rejoicing in the senses, he lives in vain, O Partha. From verse 9, Krishna has been stressing the importance of yajna, sacrificial action. Yajna is the symbol of welfare for the human race. It comprises actions performed selflessly in a spirit of surrender and sacrifice to a higher goal in life. Such actions set in the wheel of progress, moving towards the ultimate destination of peace and bliss. Those who do not follow this wheel of progress lack a proper direction or goal. They go through much suffering and sorrow in a sinful life. They live in vain in this world. Man's natural infatuation with the senses result in such pointless living. One falls an easy prey to the enchantment of sense objects. People all over the world take to sensual indulgences freely because they provide an instant pleasure. They do not understand that these activities will later lead them to sorrow and distress. Rare indeed is the one who withstands sensual temptations and acts instead on the principle of service and sacrifice. Those who initiate sacrificial action often find them unpleasant in the beginning. But later, the same actions develop into enlarging ripples of prosperity and peace. The wise know this truth. They adhere to the path of yajna. Lacking such knowledge, the ignorant helplessly take to blind lanes of sensuality. To illustrate this truth, take a candy in one hand and a bundle of 10,000 rupees in the other. Offer both to a little child, ask him to choose one of them. The child will reach for the candy. Offer the same to an adult, he chooses the money. Why? The adult knows their relative values, whereas the child lacks that knowledge. So too, the ignorant pick the candies of the world and lose the precious kingdom of heaven lying within them.
0: Thank you. Any questions? We'll do Seventeen. Yes, Vat Murati Revas Yard. Art Matra Taschaman of her Artman Tas But the man who rejoices in the self is satisfied in the self and is content in the self alone. For him, there is nothing to be done.
5: Man who rejoices
0: in the self, is satisfied in the self and is content in the self alone. For him, there is nothing to be done. So he's talking about a self-realized person. Person Person who's
5: done karma yoga and reached that goal.
0: Saying not everyone needs to follow this wheel. Here's a description of an ideal human being was has already gone past the wheel, reached the goal. Verse 17 and 18 describes this person, a self-realized person. You see, because in religion they say, do this, and this will happen to you later when you're in heaven. We don't know where is heaven. We don't know when we're going to get there, what it's going to be like. This is saying here, now, in the world.
5: Do so we do things blindly without understanding. Yes, when I get to heaven. This is now. The saying when we
0: work in the spirit of service and sacrifice, yajna sacrifice, fulfilling our obligatory duties in life, whatever that may be, housewife, husband, child, we shed our vasanas.
5: Eventually we reach the state of enlightenment. As Vanita, you said, what happens? Once you reach enlightenment, person in this state, they're completely content in the bliss of the self. They want nothing from the world. They're content in the self, knowledge of the self.
0: We are all caught up in the pleasures of the body, pleasures of the mind, pleasures of the intellect. And throughout our life, all we're doing is acting to fulfill our desires for these three things, the body, mind, intellect. Everything is for the body, mind, intellect. We seek, we use our physical body, mind and intellect to seek pleasures in the world, which in turn creates further desires. We want more. No matter how much we have, we want more. Because the desires keep increasing.
5: But a self-realized person
0: has passed that stage of fulfilling desires for his physical body, mind and intellect. His focus is on the self alone. They have no more duties. No more worldly desires. They are self-sufficient for their own happiness. They don't need to do anything don't order to go to a restaurant, not to to a movie, they don't need to go to movies, they don't need to buy this, buy that. They're content with whatever they have. The difference between the two is that one person is dependent on satisfying desires of his body, mind, intellect. But when something goes wrong, what state is he in? You lose your job. What state are you in? Someone close to you passes away. What state are you in? You've been just diagnosed with bad health. What state are you in? Some negative issues. Problem with your children. You can't deal with it. Causes you pain and suffering. The more involved you are, the more agitations. But a self-realized person, not affected by this at all,
5: He understands everything. Nothing affects him. That's the difference. Any questions? So
0: here's us. And here's a self-realized person whom we're all trying to get to. That's the state we're all trying to get to where nothing affects
5: us. Swamiji gives an example. So
0: imagine there is in a village torrential rainfall, flooding in a village. We hear about this on on the news, flooding in villages. A man escapes the flooding by climbing a tree. He sits on the branch. He looks at the flood water going past him. Bodies going past him. Houses going past him. He's sitting on a branch. The man is dependent on that branch. If it breaks, he will fall in the water and die.
5: You all with me? Yeah. He's sitting on the branch. If the branch breaks, his life is over.
0: On a branch next to him, A bird comes and flies and sits on the branch and watches, looks at him. What's this guy doing?
5: Does it matter to the bird if the branch breaks? Is the bird dependent on the branch? He can just fly away. Same thing here. The person is dependent on nothing going wrong in life, the branch not breaking
0: constantly worried what will happen how if this happens what will happen to me if that happens what will happen to me any issues you're agitated self-realized person even though he's using his body mind intellect not affected he's the bird not affected at all
5: so where are we and where is that state
0: that's the difference Performing yajna sacrifice, unselfish actions, mind on a higher ideal, you get to that stage. Any questions?
5: Vanita.
2: The preceding verses pronounce the importance of performing one's obligatory duties. Each individual must work in a a spirit of service and sacrifice. Merely fulfilling his obligatory functions, continuing to do so takes him well on the path of self-realization. Upon reaching the supreme state, he reels in the infinite bliss of self. An enlightened person has no obligatory duties in the world because he has no more desires to eradicate. The verse proclaims, this privilege enjoyed by the rare one who has achieved the supreme state. The enlightened one stays ever rooted in the experience of self-realization. This verse describes him as revealing, revealing in the self in three ways. The repetition draws attention to people's involvement in the vainful pleasures of the body, mind and intellect. People are caught up today in the mere perceptions, emotions and thoughts. They rarely focus their attention upon the supreme self within. Their attention and identification remains within the physical body, the mind and the intellect. Consequently, they are riddled with physical desires and demands, emotional attachments and cravings, and the intellectual plans and programs. Since people are have all these obsessions, they must act to pursue them or suffer from repression. They must act to do so without increasing desires, they fix their obligatory duties, performances of which will fulfill their desires, as well as fer- further their spiritual progress. But a self-realized soul has no desires, is thoroughly contented with his own self, is totally self-sufficient for his happiness. Therefore, he has no obligatory duties.
0: Thank you. So he doesn't have to follow the wheel. He's already done that and he's reached that goal. Peace and happiness. He's reached that state. Nothing bothers him now in the world. He's performed his duty as a human being. Any questions? Clarifications? Did it make sense today's class? We're just carrying on with the same thing. What is yajna Sacrifice? So 18 and 19 finishes this particular topic, uh, which we'll cover next week. And then we'll start the next topic of chapter three, which is technique of right action. So how do you perform this yajna activity? Okay, put my mind on something higher technique of right action that we'll cover next week. Now, before we all go, um, I mentioned to a few people that I'm traveling to um, India in October, and I may visit the ashram as well. Uh, And some of you um, inquired about um, possibly joining me for a week or so at the ashram, which I would highly uh, recommend. Unfortunately, uh, I've been communicating with Yashram and um, for certain dates in October, but I've just received the message last week saying that they've had a COVID outbreak there in Yashram and they've they've gone back into lockdown um, and they have to have masks on all the time. So they can't actually give me uh, uh, approval or a date in October because they don't know the situation. How it's going to be um, they've said to me to re-inquire in September but that would be too late um, to plan so unfortunately this time around we're not going to need to do this so it's for the people who are interested i just thought i'll mention it to them uh, this is the unfortunate situation so we will do something else maybe next year yeah but you know we can't plan ahead unfortunately. And I know some of you said you need to take book holidays and things like that, which I totally understand. Um, but I can't sort of, you know, we can't book it and then fine, we can't go.
5: Yeah.
0: Okay, great. Thank you very
5: much for joining us today. Have a lovely Sunday.